I might be doing something unadvisable. Uh, usually I, I have a protective case uh, that, that I use for, you know, any sort of problem you might encounter, drops and falls. But uh, I was on a trip. I was on several trips recently. And, you know, you got, uh, I, I have that, that gigantic, I'm talking about my phone, by the way. I've got that big Apple add-on, like a uh, case that has a battery. You just slide mm-hmm. your phone into one of the, one of the more satisfying things. I forget the name of this thing exa- exactly, but you know, it's this big silicone case that's got a battery that you can slide your phone into as, as I suppose I just said, and boy, sliding a phone into there is very, very satisfying as my kids like to say. <laughs> However, the silicon, uh, case makes it really difficult to get in and out of a, a, a tight pocket. Maybe if you had like a loose pocket, you were wearing like some yoga pants or like, you know, your sports leisure wear, like it's already, it's on synthetic on synthetic. So maybe it, it works out well, but when you're wearing cotton, as I more frequently do, you know, maybe a pair of Levi's or some, some shorts that I've been growing out of, uh, you know, it's hard to get it in and out. So what I started doing is I would, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want to carry two phones and I want to carry two cases. So I would start, I would take the phone out of the case. Kim and I were just in Paris in a short little, you know, fun trip this weekend. So I would start off the day with the phone outside of a case in my pocket. And then as you know, when we finished looking around the Louvre or whatever, uh, and then the phone needed uh, some juice, I would slip it into the case and just put up with the, uh, the friction of getting the phone in and out. Cause you know, you're out there traveling and you're like, you want to take your phone out to take pictures of things. You want to check on something. You want to look up a map. You want to do this. So you're always getting your phone in and out, but then you've got the resistance from the, the silicon case here. Now, what I've noticed is that I have not put on my normal daily case and I'm just kind of leaving the phone uncased and mm. uh, I'm starting, I'm starting to be concerned, but it's just so nice. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. And I think my theory of why this is bad is that you know how there's there's the um well I think this is one of those like it turns out like math is math type of things where like there's some statistics that they always try to uh, or statistic they always try to freak you out about where like most people uh they get in accidents close to their home mm-hmm. and and it's yep. just sort of like well that's because where you spend most of your time in a car and so <laughs> chances are that's where Jeez. you will have a uh, an accident um that probably also applies to most people being like kidnapped or killed by people they know because it's like, well, yeah, that's who you spend most of your time around. So that got, got kind of dark there. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> but I feel like the same thing is going to apply to me is is I'm not so much going to drop the phone and crack it while I'm out and about, right? Which is kind of what the scenario in your head is. Right. But it's going to be when I'm here at the house, just relaxing you know, as as I hope all of us do, because I I don't want to be the only one. You know, you're you're uh, you're having your daily constitutional reading the news with your phone. The phone has slipped out of my hands so many times while I'm sitting on the toilet, right? Only a couple times into the toilet, but you know, I and and then that's the worst place because it's generally all tile in, in a uh, a toilet, restroom, wash closet, whatever you right, want. It's got a hard surface, bathroom. right? Yeah, yeah. So you're sitting there. And you're not exactly in a position where you can sort of like rescue the phone. I mean, if you drop the phone, your best bet is it's going to fall into your pants or your, your jumpsuit or your dress or whatever you've got there. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think if I don't start putting it in a case branded, I'm going to be I'm going to be relaxing one morning, just, you know, setting myself up for the day and boom, I'm going to crack the phone on the bathroom floor. But I'm, I'm not sure. What's what's your position on this? Do I need to do I need to well, let's go back you know, at, put a case know, on it? it? I have some follow-ups here. Like one, are you using the MagSafe battery case? Is that the one that sort of just like is, or is no, it actually no, like no, the I have, case thing that comes, comes I've, together? I've, I forget the number, but I have the older, whatever is before MagSafe. Okay. No, so no, I've, for I've, you, I've, I've, I've got like the case that is just, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, so you have like the full thing. case that has the battery. So I guess one, uh, maybe we'll get into this topic later. Like you'll have to decide, you know, maybe, maybe in the future version, you have to try this MagSafe battery pack. So then my follow-up to this is like, well, Good I mean, idea. are is your battery just old or is it just like heavy use? Cause you can always go with just like, uh, especially if you're traveling with a spouse who's uh, maybe, maybe they're carrying a, some type of purse or some type of bag. Like you can go with like, Hey, can you just mm-hmm. throw this spare battery in the, uh, or okay, just, I, or just, just go battery. I've done this a lot, like battery uh, and just, sorry, secondary battery that has a cable just kind of in your pocket totally, or maybe a, totally. maybe a jacket pocket or some other pocket and you just carry that around. And when you need it, you just juice it up, right? Well, I have um, put a lot of thought into all of that, Brandon, which I will now review. Okay. And, and that is one, 
<clears throat> well, first of all, there's this ideal state of, of traveling, right? Like tourist traveling or work traveling. And the ideal state for me, the, the so-called living the dream, is you, you appear to have nothing, right? You, you yes. got to have a wallet. You're going to have your phone. You got, you got, if you're, you're, of course, wearing some jeans that have the five pockets. So you've got your AirPod, AirPod, whatever, your, your headphones in that little tiny coin pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I buy things without those coin pockets and I'm like, I don't want this. This is no good. Cause I don't want to have like my, my headphones like jangling around and like, right. falling out in my pocket. And then, you know, you, I got a little, a little field notes paper uh, notebook. I got a pen, maybe a handkerchief. That's all you need. Right now, yep. that's assuming you don't need outerwear like a jacket, right? But yep. let's stick with that ideal state. So, in that ideal state, uh, this is this this is why I started with this. Is this whole thing's a problem? Is like uh, taking the phone in and out. So I take I take the silicon case and I put it in my back pocket, which I don't I don't like that. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a compromise. So you may be saying you're with your you're with uh, 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 your companion and they have a bag. Why not just put your stuff in the bag? And I just feel like. I feel like I wouldn't want people putting their stuff in my bag. So I like follow the golden rule of like, I don't want to be the person who's just like, hey, can you carry some of my stuff? Because like, while I would always say yes, in my head, I would be like, no, you carry your own fucking stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, if you got, if you got yeah. so much stuff, bring a bag. Like, I don't want to have to carry your stuff. And so like, I don't want to impose that on other people. And then also you got to like ask them for it. And you know, you're just, you're, you're basically shifting the problem that you don't want to have onto them. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm not a good enough person to be okay with that. Like I'm a little too, I'm a little too like, uh, want to make people happy. So, so that's the problem. Now, the second issue now, when it's cool enough, even cold to wear a jacket, no problems. I fully use all the jacket pockets, but we were in Paris and it was like 85, almost 90 degrees when you're walking around and like, you know, there's no jacket. You got to wear shorts and, uh, but yeah, if you have a jacket, it's perfect. Especially the best ones will be those jackets that have the uh, the kind of like breast pocket, because that that's good. Because you know, then all your stuff doesn't just fall down to your uh, your waistline area. And and uh, accessing the uh, the breast pocket with a the zipper there is always very fast. Put all sorts of stuff in there. All right, let me throw some notes at you. So it's like I think um, a vest, right? That's got a pocket. Especially if you're gonna like if you're kind of in tourist mode, right? So this is sort of like I don't know, like you may not want to edge up into the dad zone here, but like if you can get yourself some kind of just because you just need more pockets to carry stuff. So sometimes that's a go-to. And then the other thing that I've more recently done is sort of like you know, the day pack, right? The packable oh, thin yes. backpack. So if you're not going to um potentially like you know, ask the spouse, because then you can go what I find there is you can go water bottle extra yeah. computer accessories, maybe like a hat, maybe like, you know, because, but then you're kind of committing to like, kind of like a tourist day. But then yeah. I just feel like, Hey, once you kind of like go travel backpack, then you just kind of get everything you need. And I often find this is like kind of the ROI on that is like, well, if I've got a water bottle, then it's like, we don't have to buy all the ex- yeah. fancy expensive yeah. water. We can just fill it up wherever. So have you considered that as an alternative to solving your battery uh, situation? I- I mean, I mean, I think, I think that is not the solution, but that is something that comes up, right? I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you're exactly right that like, you know, one day I was like, well, we're going to go do some shopping. So we're going to need a bag. So I might as well bring this backpack and then problem solved, you yep. know, but then, but then you got the backpack no longer live in the dream, but yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, I, that's, yeah. that's what you got to do. I mean, may, maybe what I need is like, uh, is like a butler or a valet who just goes around with me and carries all the stuff software defined talk is brought to you by teleport every hack follows the same problem first hackers exploit a human error like a leak key or a secret left in code they gain a foothold and then pivot moving from one compromised system to the next sound familiar teleport breaks this cycle open source teleport gives every engineer every piece of hardware every application an identity replacing secrets like password and keys with auto expiring identity based certificates the Teleport platform reduces the opportunity for human error, increasing productivity, and revolutionizing security and compliance. Learn why the most valuable visionary businesses in the world choose Teleport at goteleport.com. And of course, we thank Teleport for sponsoring our show. Well, we like to check in on our old friend Digital Transformation every now and then to anthropomorphize Digital Transformation. 
I think is that still a, a phrase? Does that come up a lot in your your uh, your work, Brandon? You have a couple of phone calls a day about digital transformation. All day, every day. I would say that's uh, that's that's kind of what I do. I feel like uh, I feel like we now we don't always use that phrase because everybody's kind of sick of it. But we end up basically talking about that. We use other words, right? You know, moving to the cloud, digital transformation, updating your systems, migrate, journey. We have we have a lot of I have a lot of slides that say journey. So we have all of them. We've got all the adjectives that describe that. So yes, I, this does come up in my daily conversations. Well, we've got a couple of data points. It's good to check in on what's going on here. One, it looks like in Japan, they're finally going to stop using uh, floppy disks for government use. Now, I didn't, I didn't dig in to see if it was the uh, the three and a half, the five and a, the quarter, or like what is it, like a six and two nines? I forget. You know, there's that gigantic floppy disk. I don't, I don't know if they're... No, in the article here, it says that, uh, I guess, legal issues have prevented the modernization to the cloud data storage in the past. The Japanese government offices often use CDs, mini disk, or floppy disks to accept submissions to from the public and businesses. So, of course, we've also used CDs. Of course, I think... Well, I don't know. Depending on your age, you probably had some experience with floppy disk. I will say though, the mini disk mostly missed out on that one. I never really, I don't know, yeah. never. Got, I just, I don't. I, I have I, nothing I, against it. I just never had a mini disk player. Like I just kind of skipped that one. So I remember, I remember seeing a mini disk, a mini mini disk, so to speak, in in Last Action Hero. You remember? It's it's uh, yes. He uses I, these mini uh-huh. discs to like for voices when his wife calls him. Like total like eighties would not fly nowadays thing where he's just he's got selections like you know wife wants to talk about shopping wife is upset at me and it's just a recording of him going like oh uh huh really oh <laughs> I'm sorry that's the only time I ever saw mini discs up on this big screen but it is interesting I think the whole thing about this is so the digital minister who's I think the name is in Japan it's called uh, I think it's Kono Taro. So apologies if Miss he and it basically outlines here. So this is a, the way it was kind of phrased is interesting. Digital minister declares a war on floppy disk. There are about 1900 government procedures that require business community to use disk, floppy, Whoa. CD, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Like one is on the face of it, like all you have to do to hear the problem is to know the solution. You're like, well, they should stop doing that. They should stop requiring that. And they have an example here that the Tokyo police lost two floppy disks containing information on 38 public housing applicants. And so that was a big deal. So like all digital transformation projects, like you literally, all you have to do is hear the problem to be, to know the solution. So the solution is, well, stop doing that. And there are numerous ways that those files could be transferred. But in order for it to actually be done, you almost have to have like this person, I don't know them, but it just seems like you have to have this mentality of like, yeah, like you're going to war, right? Like yeah. literally the person's like, I have to declare war on this to get it done because the organization will literally start fighting back. Like even though no one person will defend it, like the organizational, like if you will, institutional knowledge of the organization will start to repel any idea, right? So it, so it is like, while it's a ridiculous metaphor to be like, well, we have to go to war to get rid of these discs. It's like, no, that's almost the mentality that you're going to need to succeed. Because think about it. It's, what are we now, 2022. I don't think you or I could quickly even go find a floppy disk if we had to. If I said 24 hours, go find a floppy disk. It would probably take you a while to find one, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like people haven't thought about this before. Like, oh, this is really bad. No, many people. They've probably been talking about getting rid of this for 25 years. But no one has been successful. And I bet you the people that tried before were really, really smart. But for whatever reason, they got, they gave up. So I just think it's a great example of like what it takes to be – and the people it kind of takes. So I don't know what the incentives that uh, Kono has here to actually get it done. He's probably not going to get like some huge bonus. It's a governmental position. It's not like he's going to become a billionaire. It's not like he's going to like revolutionize any industry. He's just going to make – you know, thousands, maybe millions of people's lives simpler and get almost no, no one at the end of this will be like, job well done. They'll be like, should have been done a long time ago. So, so it takes like a very unique leader, I think, to go into this and be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get nothing but pain to do it. And when it's all finished, no one will really care. And they'll just ask me why it wasn't done sooner. And so we asked ourselves, this is to me always like the question is like, 
Well, these are often the reasons why digital transformation is so, so difficult. So I think it's a good example of it. What are your thoughts, Kote? I, I, I think this is great. I, I had not thought this in depth about the floppy disk issue, but I think you, you nailed it all. It's just like, we all, we all know this should be happening. It doesn't happen. And uh, every time we try to do it, people are resistant. They don't even know why. They don't even know they're resisting. I think, I think this, is a, a, this is a critical issue we should watch to see how long it actually takes what the readouts are, because, you know, either it's a great uh, success. They, it, was it going to be the end of the year? Whatever the date is, like all the floppy disks uh, and, and mini disks are removed. And in which case it proves, not proves, but it um, in the uh, PDF that you legion yourself for scientific method of things, it, it demonstrates that you do have to go to war for it to be successful. And then if it doesn't work out, you can just be like, yep. That's that's the way it is. Stuff never goes away. People are resistant to change, and no matter you know what you do, it's just going to be uh, extremely difficult. And, and and I think, you know, we are, every every security not every many security issues kind of make fun of this on the other end of like, oh right, you use Dropbox, bad idea. I mean, not that Dropbox <laughs> is insecure, but just the practices around it of sharing passwords and things like that. Like people can mess that up just as much. But I think. I'm starting to think maybe I need to go read on this, but I think we need to, uh, you remember they used to sponsor the, the show, the, the, the people. We need to get that Paul Ford guy out of retirement and he's got to start writing this story. Right? And be <laughs> like, here's what we, we're going to do. I don't know how long it's going to take you, but you got to start on the reporting, track this out, just do some real Michael Lewis shit on this. And like, whatever the end is, you're the person to write this story. Right. Like, well, because I do think we already have kind of our hero, right? You know, maybe uh, it's, you know, kind of the the revolutionary who will yeah. be the digital minister. And then, of course, I doubt the digital minister is actually doing the work. So they have probably tasked someone that works for them like, OK, I need you yeah. to like go, go in and do it. But I would say so I've been thinking about this, too. It's like if we were hiring someone to go do this and finding wow. someone like the polite way to say this would be like, hey, we need someone driven. Right. But the realistic thing is we, we look for is like we need someone annoying right like we kind of knew need to bring in somebody that is that annoys us a little bit right that's like not so much that we we can't get along with them at all but just that they just kind of have like an annoying demeanor right a very persistent annoying right, right, right. demeanor and they're kind of constantly like dripping like a drip mm. every day like why isn't this done yet like we should have been done I'm doing, you know, get it done faster. Like I typically, this is the kind of stuff I typically don't like. I, I would kind of describe as like, I don't like this management stuff, but like, I, I was just kind of like thinking to myself, it does seem like the people that get these things done kind of have that, again, more politely said, driven personality type. But it really, what I would say they end up doing is just like kind of that constant drip of emails and meetings. Like we're not For done sure. yet. And it's like, that's kind of what you need, which isn't necessarily, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of weird to hire for that. Right. It's like, you know, we don't like, you're too flat. Like, it would be funny to say something like, honestly, you're too nice. You're just too nice. Your presentation's too good. You're very easy to get along with you. You, you are very reasonable. I can bring you arguments. You can decide why there's times that like, we just need to postpone it. Right. Like we, we can't actually have that person in, in this role. We have to have this person. It's like, no, like there will be no more discs. Right. Like this is kind of back to the Jeff Bezos API thing. Right. It's like, no, today everything is an API and you can't do anything else. And if you don't do that, then you're fired. Right. It's like, yeah, you kind of need this for this to happen, because as I was just reading the article, did, did you know how <laughs> this is a little trivia for you? What year did Sony introduce the 3.5 inch floppy disk? Would you like to take a guess at that, Kotai? Oh, oh, uh, 1984. 1983, pretty close. You're pretty close. So it's 50 years uh, ago. So it's like, yeah. So if somebody, you're 50 years into this of, of floppy disk, we're probably 25 years since it's out. It's kind of outlasted its usefulness. So unfortunately, I think it is, it's going to take someone that's annoying, persistent, and someone that's going to stay, right? Someone that's going to see the project through. That's not going to be like, I sent out a bunch of tweets. I got some yeah. publicity. Um, I'm going to do it. They're actually going to be like, no, no, I'm going to see the project through. And I think I, it's a I, very I, difficult person to hire. I think that I think that I think that's spot on. I I think about this. I haven't realized this, but I think about this a lot when I talk with the uh, the executives that I do, that I talk with, the, who are doing their digital transformation. And I think that many of them who are successful, that is an attribute they all have, in that they just are persistent. There's a word for you. 
they're uh, they're persistent and details oriented and so yeah. they're they're good at the politics and not only the politics but as you're saying just doing it over and over again just they keep it's like what you want in a good enterprise salesperson who just like never gives up and is just constantly like trying to find an in and a new person and stuff like that like i'm sure you you've you've hung out with these enterprise salespeople and you'll you'll uh you'll go to a meeting that you've had with someone and you're talking with them afterwards and they're just like oh yeah i've got i've got these five other people i need to talk with too and you just see like in case this guy doesn't pay off just you know that's i'm not going to talk with her i'm going to go to this other person over here talk with them yeah just keep working go, it, go right? up on yeah. here and and i think i think that's exactly what uh these leaders, as they say, they need to do. They just have to be there uh, forever and uh, and ever working. And of course, which... we make fun of this one because it's floppy disk and that's easy to do. But really, if you know, if you just generalize this and be like, "Hey, turns out there's like I don't know a ten million other use cases where we require paper, right? Where like a paper form must be like uh, yes. basically written out, signed with illegible handwriting in some cases, or things that are misprinted, or you know." you know, all the things that, that, you know, every time I uh, have to fill out like a customs form, I'm always like, this is, this is not good. Right. It's just like, you know, <laughs> like they're like stamping it. I have a piece of paper. I have to keep track of it. I don't know if I wrote, wrote everything right. Like the translation on like, well, it's like surname, but you know, it's like all of the mistakes that go on all the time. And it's like, so, so like, while yeah, sure. This, this thing with Japan is, is ridiculous. It's only ridiculous because it's just the floppy disk. If we just applied like, well, turns out there's millions of things where it just require paper yeah. forms. Well, well, it's even bigger, right? It's ridiculous. I, I mean, I mean there, there's two other recent examples. One is like, you see all the, uh, all the stuff people accomplished for remote work and other stuff during COVID, right? Like it, it was, it was a, a similar uh, force where it's just like, well, you have no choice but to do it. And as we've been discussing, yeah. one one uh, force that you have no choice to do it is a really annoying executive who is just constantly <laughs> like, it's it's and you know to add more color to it as it were more flavor like the uh, you know it's that person in the meeting who always talks about the same goddamn thing like wh whatever it is you know you'll be going over like and that that is why we need to uh, uh, firm up our relationship with uh, Hitachi and the uh, drive manufacturing as my chart show. And then, and then like any questions and they'll be like, well, I don't, what I want to get more uh, of a feeling for is how this is prioritized above uh, eliminating floppy disks. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure that showed up on the chart. And that was one of the board's uh, FY29 corporate Priorities, goals right? that we yep. have all agreed to. So mm -hmm. I just, I, you know, I just want to make sure that that shows up on the chart. Or, yep. You know. No, you're exactly right. It's, it, it's absolutely true. So I don't and, know. So we'll. Go ahead. Oh, and then and then the second one, you know, a little 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 bit into other news is uh, I, I noticed that uh, the 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 what is it the iPhone 14s or maybe the Pros they will only have an eSIM, so not a physical SIM. Now, I didn't read it, but it looks like there's a loophole that you can buy a European version that has a, a physical SIM. Which yeah, which well, hold on, me... let's let's make sure we'll we'll save the, the I, I, Apple I just, stuff. You know, I just, I, we don't want to lose the audience because they, they came. Uh, we're the Apple News podcast. I, I just, I'll, I'll, so. All I want to say is that that is another example of like forcing an issue. Right. Yeah. yeah. Say like we have this other format. No one wants to change. And now we're going to be the annoying. Well, before we get into the Apple News, I did want to at least call out this because we have been talking about this. I don't know for a long time is that and I want to personally thank Tyler. Tyler is the one that tagged uh, Software Defined Talk in the in the tweet in the tweet thread, which is great. So I guess. Our friend Kelsey Hightower um, pointed out that the uh, instant payments are looks like are becoming to the United States. It's called this like I guess Fed service, and it looks like it's coming um, Fed now. It's called Fed now service, and it says it's supposed to come out between May to July of 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, and having read through it, just there's this page you can everyone can go to the show notes to to go to it. You can actually go see it. So. It's a uh, it's on a very official looking government site. It says Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. But if you read through the whole thing, it sounds like we'll actually be able to instantly send money back and uh. forth to the United States. That would be, from what I think of how it works in Europe, it'll be very similar. So amazing. Um, but I don't know. It's one of these things where it's like it seems a little too good to be true, right? Like it seems like really it could actually happen and also wondering like because it does says like you know account holders so i assume that's just sort of like every consumer 
uh, the United States will be able to do it. But I just wonder if this is if at the end of this is going to become like a new back end, but like you don't get access to it, right? It's like, oh, yeah. you, I don't know. So I'm a little, that's just me speculating. I'm just making that up. I'm, that does not what it says. It's, it actually says that we should have, be able to do it. So, so back to the digital transformation. I don't know how long Europe has had the instant payments. I get the impression that's been at least a decade, maybe longer. Um, yeah, so good question. we in the United States, we're getting pretty close if we're just, uh, and again, like this one didn't even have the person. They didn't like have the name of the person that actually did it. So I think this would be when the book is written about the floppy disk, maybe Paul Ford could take this one on next and say, I'm going to write the book of how the, the Fed actually in, in, um, installed and developed instant, instant payments. In fact, I'll even throw it out. If anybody knows the person that's on this project, I feel like we are the podcast they should come on. I would love to have them on. We would give them the floor. Ask them all good questions. I want to hear end to end. I want to hear everything. Oh, How did yeah. it start? We will go so far into the weeds. Like we, I want to hear about ACH. I want to hear about huh? check clearing. I want, I want everything. I want to go two hours straight on the entire process, what they're doing, how it's going to work, the technology stack. Hopefully it's got Kubernetes in it. Well, you know, whatever, whatever they've done. I would love to hear about that because uh, it's about time. It's about time that the Fed gives us what we all wanted, instant payments. I think we could do like quarterly updates just to check in <laughs> on, on what's going on in there. And, and then, you know, we're going to need to have some election coverage because my when is the uh, when is the, you know, the presidential when's the, when's the next presidential term? I, uh, I it'd be two, two years. So November 2024, okay, will be the election and then, you know, the next. So, so this this is still this date is still within the boundaries of of, of sanity here. Oh, yeah. This could... is I mean, we're talking optimistically. We're talking 10 months. You know, I mean, I, we understand. Like, listen, that we all worked amazing. on software proce- projects. Like, fine. If they need another year, I'm not even complaining. Just the fact yeah. that it's happening is is I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, no, that would be a good readout. Is 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 if all the banks were like, oh, oh, we we just it'd be impossible to do this, and you'd just be like, <laughs> all right, we we got all day. Let's go over why. <laughs> that would be that would let's that, that's, that's, like, hey, let's really drill into this. Let's just keep going. <laughs> like, what that, that would that would that's another tactic. I think the annoying, uh, you know, czar of floppy disk removal does is just like, great, I'm going to clear my schedule. Let's do it. Next is next week good. <laughs> We're just going through it. I've been given authority from the board to help clear barriers and hurdles, but I need to understand them in depth first. So if you could uh, meet on Wednesday, let's say, and let's just go over it. (laughs) Just go details. But I do think the benefits, as we joke here, like I think both of these are great examples of, and I like to, you know, talk about, um, you know, kind of the, the, the more mundane digital transformations, the ones I've mentioned here on the phone, like I always think in Austin, uh, you know, just the, the garbage, right. You know, Austin city utilities, like the fact that they just have a text message that tells you like what, like, Hey, mm. the night before it's like, it's recycling, it's garbage day, whatever. It's like, whoever did that, like, I'm sure that was incredibly painful to get done. Like, I'm sure even proposing it, they're like, why do people need this? And I'm like, to me, that has been one, I mean, just an insanely useful thing, right? Like I can't tell you how many times it's reminded me to correctly put things out. So these are just two examples of like, I bet you these will have enormous payoffs when they're all done. It's like, yeah, if all these people in Japan can just upload their files and if here in the United States, if I can just quickly pay somebody without having to go through a bunch of third-party services, I think it's gonna be gonna be great, great value yeah. for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's good for, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's especially good to, to be the American politician for small business owners. Because, you know, then you don't have to worry about, like, clearing checks and all this stuff. You just, like, that's what you do around here is, like, someone does some work for you. They're just like, no, you can pay me right now. I mean, yeah. it, it, it never gets yeah. that, like, contentious. But it's just like, yeah, you just, boom, you just do it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you don't have to worry about all sorts of, uh, man, that would be great. That, that'd be fun stuff. I, you know, I don't know if I would benefit from it very much, but I would just be, uh, I'd be, be happy You would. With it. Somehow it would help you in your life. I don't know how now, it, it would. This is the episode of like great ideas that are getting close to being fixed. And I think the next one is it looks like I haven't gotten access to this yet, but it looks like Twitter is finally getting an edit button, which, I, you know, I don't know if that has much, much to do with uh, infrastructure or software in the enterprise, but I feel like it probably does. Because when you read surveys, you find that um, I don't know if this is true of operations people, but developers, they get most of their news, their information, I think, from three sources. Uh if I remember most surveys, and that is uh, that is Stack Exchange, of course, and then also 
surprisingly in the past four or five years, like GitHub has become a place. And I only say surprisingly because I don't think of it as a place where you go to get information. You go to get stuff there. But I guess increasingly there is more information there to like learn skills and do things. And then, of course, I think it's always number two or number three is Twitter. That's where <laughs> developers always like it's, it's it astounds me. So maybe now that we have an edit button, the quality of information people get will uh, will skyrocket because there won't be so many typos. Uh, things will work out well. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think this could go either way. But I I'm gonna I, I don't know what your position is, Brandon. But I am putting my my uh, not my money. But I, what I'm saying is it's going to be beneficial. It's good. We should have an. But do you think? I feel like this is one of these things where, like, the defaults lifestyle maybe went. It just went off the the rails. Where the defaults just went off the rails. Like, I would say anywhere within the first four years of building Twitter, they could have just rolled this out as like just like any other yes. quarterly update, right? Been like, oh, yep, and now you can uh, edit the tweet because you can even say it's like, hey, we always plan to let you edit if you had a typo, but. Um, you know, we just didn't get to it, which is fine. Like, it's like kind of the, the iPhone not having copy and paste when it first came out. It wasn't like, uh-huh. no, they never said like, oh, you didn't need it. It was just like, oh, we just didn't get, just didn't get to it for a while. And it's, and I feel like this, this is one of these things that like lingered for so long that I almost feel like people just started inventing reasons why it could be a bad idea. And it's like, sure. I mean, anything could be wrong. Oh, you know, I mean, there's always a downside to something, but given and I think this is just a human nature. There's something about like writing text, reading it and being like, it's, it's ready. But then when you actually submit it, like another thing happens in your brain where you then reread it more closely. And you're like, Oh, I just like, I, you can see your mistake. Right. I feel like everybody yeah, like, tweets are time. just like this. It feels like there's something about having sent a tweet. You read the tweet more critically than you did in draft. And like, why is that? I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, but the fact, it, you know, I did this the other day. I had to like update a LinkedIn post and it was just like super simple. It was this edit, made the correction, right, save. Right. And it was like, like nothing happened. Like the world didn't end. And I just think this is one of these things where it's like somehow people just went off the rails on this. It was like, we yeah. can't do it. We There's no way it can be done. The fall of democracy will happen if if we let people edit a tweet afterwards. And it, And also the other thing that I've talked about a little bit on the show recently is like, I almost just feel like everything should have like a 30 minute grace period, right? Like you do something like a transaction and you immediately uh-huh. see the mistake. Like I, I recounted my, my uh, problem there with the Venmo the other day. And it's like, yeah, that's just, uh, I don't know if you wrote this here. It's like, you know, uh, humans are mutable. The software should be too. It's like, we just need to account for like human beings will make mistakes entering things. And like, it shouldn't be like the end of the world to like roll it back, especially when it, a very short period right after that, because that's yeah. so your thing about um, you're talking about earlier about like accidents happen at home. It's like, yeah, mistakes happen all the time. And you often realize them right away. Not all of them, but you often see it within 30 minutes. So, so yeah, I almost feel like this should be just a rule. Everything I, should I, have a 30 minute grace period. I, 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 I like your takes there. The, and, and the primary take is that like, and, and I think this might be from the, uh, I forget what we called our, our analysis, uh, analysis house, our analyst house, maybe the house of Nope or something. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like the, uh, the house of Nope's position on here is like, yeah, this has been a stupid, persistent problem forever. There's absolutely no reason not to have an edit function, right? And as you were just going over, like, you know, every other social service in existence has an edit function and somehow it's possible and has not brought, you know, other things have brought about the downfall of civilization <laughs> and social media instead of the edit button. So it's clearly true. it, uh, it's just a stupid thing that should exist. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, there's all those arguments about sort of like, uh, some sort of like system of sort of thing. I, and it's like, that's not what don't be so pretentious. Like, <laughs> like there's no need for, uh, to preserve some system of record in a commercial enterprise, like uh, not, not, it's not important. And I think, I think, uh, you know, as far as the uh, the mutability thing, yeah, there there probably is. Like, I wonder if you could make a generalization that if there's anything that you're doing that can't wait thirty minutes for a confirmation, you probably don't need to be doing it. Right. Like there are there are a couple of things, you know, like maybe uh, when you need some like emergency surgery or like when you call it like some some sort of life and death situations. But in general, like there probably should always be a 30 minute window where you can revoke something like it doesn't really like 
I, I don't really know even even you know even when it comes to like buying stocks or something the world would probably be a better place if everyone had to like wait 30 minutes to confirm <laughs> like it's that's one of those things where like oh but then you would lose out on all of this and it's like no but if everyone had that option then everything would just equalize and right. in fact or- that like like the faster here here would be another is this a corollary you could say there's another theory that is the faster humans can make decisions and commit to them, the more damage is likely to be caused rather than having like a, uh, a little 30 minute window to sit. Yeah. Out. Or it's just the old, you know, like I think Matt Ray's talked about this before, but you know, when you're doing a lot of automation, you know, like, you know, for example, like just like if somebody's about to change like 10,000 servers, right. It's like, you don't just let them say yes. You actually pop up a window and say, okay, type mm-hmm. in the exact number and you show them the number. Okay. You've requested it to change 10,211 servers type in the number 10,211, right? Because that's sort of like, you know, for stuff like that, where you can actually like, okay, let's introduce a little friction. So that at least should, should uh, make it a little bit simpler. But text, of course, is super, you know, super hard, right? Because it's like, well, it's, you know, one, especially once you've gone back through a simple spell check, right? It's like, okay, well, everything's spelled correctly, but still, you know, you can completely miss what you said. So that's why I think text is always like this special case where it's like, I, yeah, I, like. I'm thinking of a, of a, of a, of a browser extension, you know, I, I'm sure you've encountered this where uh, I encountered this the other day where I was trying to batch edit some stuff. And it was like, it pops up that window that's like, you know, once these edits are applied, you will not be able to reverse them. You know, type yes, that you understand. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or click yes, I understand. Yeah. And I was thinking like, there should be a browser extension that adds a third option. You know, it's like, no, it's like, yes, I understand, cancel. And there, there should be a third option that says, I don't understand, but do it anyways. And, and, and when you click on that, it just makes it click no mm-hmm. or cancel. And I, and I think maybe that would also solve a lot of problems, right? Because people would say like, well, I still want you to do it, but then it would say. Right, well, what about this one for text? Like I, occasionally, not that often I'll do this though, but if something is sort of like a mutable text that you're doing, the best thing to do is to get like a coworker or someone to like come mm-hmm. read, like proofread it. Like, hey, read this over real quick. Make sure I didn't make any obvious mistake, right? Now in the world of like virtual work, Maybe that's not as easy. So like on Apple, on Mac OS, you can do like the whole like text to speech, depending on what application you're in. You can actually have it like you can highlight it and have it like read it to you. Like that would not be like if that was sort of like ingrained, ingrained in it. It's like, okay, before you send this tweet, I'm actually going to like play it for you. I'm going to like read it back to you because that maybe is more oh, yeah. obvious that you've made the mistake. When you hear it, you're like, oh, that's not what I wanted. So maybe that would be some way to do it. But it's like right now it's kind of complicated because you have to like, get the text you have to be in the right mac os app that does it and you have to do the text to speech whereas yeah. like okay like it's only a tweet but like hey read all my tweets back to me um and then make me say yes i heard it yes i want it like yeah that would be like a nice like uh i don't know potentially you know setting you could put on or maybe put it on like for your most important tweets right you're like yeah i really want to do it so i don't know just some way to prevent the typo yeah I think I think you've got the solution right there. We'll, we'll, I think we'll roll that out after. All the, right, uh, I'll send it off to Twitter. I'm sure only 15 years to the edit button, so we're probably looking at uh, <laughs> 2037 on my uh, voice to text check. So, so I have a, a, a mini comment, and then maybe maybe you can give me. I only read a little bit about Apple stuff. I mean, we might as well talk about it. I, I did. I, I jumped the line a little bit earlier. We can go back to it, but there was uh, there was a piece exploring the idea of uh, what is it that the the financials for SaaS companies should be. Was it 30, 30, 40? I don't know. I obviously read it closely. But basically, <laughs> uh, thinking about what is the the sort of average amount of money you should spend on R&D, uh, sales, and then um, everything else or, or general G&A or whatever it is, you know, all the other stuff at a SaaS company, trying to test out if the, uh, is it 30, 30, 40? Whatever it is. 40, 40, 20 pr- is, what is, is the uh, proposal in this uh this specific, and that's R and D, sales and marketing, and then uh, GNA. Right. So you know, if you're talking with some executives at a SaaS company or some investors, they're going to be pushing you towards this uh, this split of, of the way that you do your revenue. And 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 this is a great piece of like uh, spreadsheetery, very good analysis where it's like, all right, to test this out, let's look at a bunch of SaaS companies and see if they do it, right? And then we'll get a sense of like if this number actually applies. I mean, excellent, excellent uh, project there, and. I think they found that the, I think that's moved a little bit. I forget what the numbers are. Yeah. 30, 50, 20 is what they actually found. Right now. However, 
this this is just nothing against this project, but this is a pet peeve of mine of like financial analyst stuff like this is. So if you go look at the companies that they they bundled together uh, as SaaS companies, like you're looking at them like, yes, these are all companies that deliver their applications over the internet. That That is indeed what they do, the 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 model that they follow. But then there's like completely different businesses in there. Like I think maybe, I don't know all the companies, but I feel like the most most different, the the most variant uh, between them is there's HashiCorp on there. And then there's also Expensify. So like, <laughs> I'm not really sure like in what world comparing an expense filing business to a cloud infrastructure automation and configuration and certificate and secrets management business is like the same business that you could make any meaningful stuff with, right? And then, you know, there's also like DocuSign in there, but then there's like build.com. Like there's some of the things that kind of fit into there, but eventually it's sort of like, it's almost as if when I see lists like this, it's like, if you were just to say like, well, you know, digital businesses. And you were like, what do you mean digital businesses? And suddenly it's like 1976. And it's like, well, businesses that use computers. That's what we're, <laughs> we're ranking here. And, and like, you know, then you're comparing like cardboard to missiles to like advertising firms or something. And it's just like, starts to become sort of meaningless. So the analysis is fine, but I, I would like the, as, as, as the, the iBankers say, the comps, I would like the comps to actually be comparable things instead of, uh, well, you know, like, not, what is this, the old saying, like, you know, uh, see a surgeon, you know, get a, a recommendation for surgery. And it's like, and this is just like the classic, uh, you know, get, you know, ask a financial an analyst for some generalized rules and like, what are they going to do? They love Excel and, yeah. and they're good at it. They're really good at it. So they just grab a, but like, it's like to a, uh, investment banker or financial analyst person like it's just another stock sign row right it's just like it does not matter this is very and the true. more rows that are better right because it looks makes look the table looks longer and then it's just like you start to output all these weird ratios like eps mm -hmm. and the SaaS stuff and then you know if you write enough and then of course they they're all many of them went to uh, ivy leagues and they like to write so they like to do the analysis and then they like to write a memo or a blog and they put it out there and if it gets passed around long enough people are like Wow, this 40 40 20 is actually 30 40. Or sorry, what is it? It's uh, 30 50 20. And then, in like, and then, like, no one goes back to the original data and be like, this, this whole thing is garbage, right? You're like, this, like, this universe yeah, uh, of stocks you've picked is just worthless. So, yeah, yeah it is what it is, what right? It's just like, that's how people want to summarize it. So, I, I don't know if you're ever going to fight yeah. it. It's just, and, like, and, and, and to your point, like, I, I'm doing this from memory, so I'll get it kind of wrong, but I think uh, one of the, and hopefully you do the kind of analysis where you kind of throw out the outliers or, or you don't throw them out, but you're like, okay, now let's look at it without outliers. And so two, I think the two, two of the largest outliers on R and D spend were that like zoom spends something like five or 10% on R and D, which I guess kind of makes sense. Like, you know, they're not really coming up with new features in the uh, video world, you know, the video conferencing world. But then Snowflake spends like 130% of revenue, which means they're going in debt on R&D. And you're kind of like, yeah, that that also makes sense, right? I don't know anything about Snowflake, but I could totally believe that they just like spend a butt ton of money on developers and operations and R&D. And then it's kind of like, yeah, and, and that's also because they are completely different businesses. And then so once you throw those numbers into your analysis, if you don't throw out the outliers, then it's just like all the averages are out of whack. Right. Like it doesn't right. Really and I think we can maybe just dismantle this whole piece by just like there's a line here. Seventy three SaaS companies have gone public since October 2017 and just go back to it and say, like, that is completely useless. Like whatever. Like you could pick 70 of 70 of many things have happened since October 2017. It's not useful. Like because the whole classification of SaaS company is not useful. It's like these are vastly different. Uh, markets yeah. solving vastly different. So if and you want to say 70 infrastructure software companies or 70 consumer finance companies. So, and it's just kind of back to like the original, you know, if, if the original data is, is just junk, then the whole rest of the yeah. thing. And, is and, junk. And, and, and the good news is you could get the spreadsheet and add a new column. You can add it to the left. You can add it to the right, wherever you want to add it. <laughs> and then you could just go through and categorize like what those things are. And then you can do your filtering and you can just do the analysis dynamically. And then you're yeah, done. Absolutely. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Anyhow. maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe they should use Snowflake. Maybe they should get away from Excel, right? They don't need to like create all these spreadsheets, just kind of have it all built in, just do it, you know, do it however they want. That's, that would be the next level. Right. So, yeah. but that yeah. wouldn't, that would not have been easy. And the person that wrote this probably didn't have those skills. So 
Hence, 73 SaaS companies. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I used to spend a lot of time on both sides of the table creating and using these lists of data. And uh, it was always kind of insane how they are bucketed together. Well, Brandon, what were the uh, the Apple announcements uh, yesterday? What you know? I think I think anyone listening to this probably knows what they are. Give us give us like all right. I'll just give let, you let, let me let me ask let me ask a very Brandon question. Yeah. What are you What are you going to spend money on? Um. Well, my situation I have the what I have the iPhone X, which I think is the iPhone ten. I can't remember which way you're saying. So I'm like mine is very old. I think I said a while back I upgraded the battery and it's given it a new life. It's been good, but I feel like probably this is the time. So I think I'm five years, you know, uh, past. So I think I'm going to go ahead and buy myself a new iPhone, and I will probably buy the iPhone 14 Pro because you know mm. I'm a pro, you know, Cote. And I would say like totally. the the. Uh, the biggest, ta- my biggest takeaway was of everything that was announced, the thing I'm kind of most interested in was what they call, um, and the name is somewhat ridiculous. It's called the Dynamic Island. So on the new iPhone 14 Pro, at the very top where they used to have the notch, and now the notch is a dynamic island. So they basically, there's like this little cutout where they, you know, for the face ID. But what they've done, which I think is very clever, is they basically use that, that real estate to, if you will, put notifications and information about what your iPhone is, is actually doing. So it's kind of a new metaphor uh, mm. for interacting with the iPhone. And I was like, and I don't know, I think Apple, I was trying to think about it. I think the, the fairest way to say it is Apple's track record is somewhat mixed. Like I think sometimes they introduce stuff like expose. I really like expose for switching apps. I don't know if that's something you use. I think that one's really good. People are saying uh, the keyboard, right. You know, the whole, uh, Touch bar, that seemed to be a failure. Most people didn't like it. I never really used it. But this one, I was like, oh, this seems kind of an interesting way. Like they took the notch, they saw some dead space, and they figured out a way to kind of like playfully do something interesting with it. So obviously, I just mm. saw the demo and I was, and it's only available on the iPhone 14. So, so it's, it's like, it's like there's a screen now in this place where there previously wasn't a yeah well, essentially what they do is like there's this black dot but they just basically dynamically make it bigger and smaller and they show you information so it's almost like oh, it looks like they're trying to make it more natural right it's sort of like instead of just being a hole on your screen it's sort of like oh this is the place that i go kind of like a taskbar, kind of like you know sort of like here's what i can see what's happening on my iphone so i thought that was i, th- I the demo very clever i'll have to wait and see um what it's actually like now the name like i don't know man i just think it's crazy that they they settled on dynamic island because it, it's dynamic because it's it it not only changes like what it shows but it changes the actual size and width if like so depending on what it is so i get i get the metaphor right i get the idea that the thing is like constantly changing size but i don't know dynamic island i just it just seems maybe, like maybe we'll find name. Maybe what we'll find later this year is that there's there's some uh, some key executive at Apple who will finally retire, and then <laughs> it turns out they were the ones who were like so serious and like took themselves so seriously, and that that just kind of went into the culture. And now, like just like the clowns are loose, they're just like, you know, this person was out planning their retirement at their vineyard, you know, Lake Cuomo or whatever, right. and then the, the team who was coming up with naming was like, this is our time. <laughs> Let, let's go let's go to the file folder and see what we've been storing up and they're like dynamic, dynamic island. island that's now the, the one. one the one for you though i thought of you specifically when i saw this was um at least here in the united states they're going all the new iphones will have the e-sim so we will no longer have physical sim cards which i think is fine i'm actually fine with that but yeah. it also said and i don't know this is where like i don't have any practical experience is that it would be, at least they describe it as being very easy to have multiple eSIMs on one phone. So I thought of you, Kote, right? Like if you have, like I know you have your US number, like that I'll text you. At least I know you have a US number that you text when you're in the United States. And I assume then you have one in Europe. So I don't know, like, is this something that will be helpful to you? Will you actually have two fo- uh, phone plans on one phone? Or is the idea, is it just crazy talk? Does it not work in the real world? Yeah, I think, I think, well, and I, I, w- I was kind of, uh, as they say, showing my hand earlier when I was previewing this. I, th- I think this is, a, this is a classic chicken and egg problem, right? Where like, it is, uh, eSIMs are not available, not only everywhere regionally, but like with the carriers that you would want to use. And, and so it's only recently that, so I use Vodafone here in the Netherlands, and they kind of only, re- well, I don't know, they've had an eSIM for a while. And so I switched over to that. And then I use Google Fi which also has an eSIM, 
but like it's not like as pervasive as you would want it to be. And so like I guess to put it another way, if eSIMs were supported everywhere, it'd be great, right? That that would be really nice. And but there are cases where like you you just you know especially like I'll be going back to the states before I had Google Fi, and you just like I just want to buy this random SIM card that like is in an airport and it's going to work fine. And like there's no eSIM support or whatever. So you know whether you're using like Boost. <laughs> or or here there there's another one a low cost one here in the Netherlands called L Lycra L Y C R A or something and yeah i mean it, it, that's that's pretty much it i mean it's it's this is a this is a as i was talking earlier it's a classic apple situation where they're like well we believe the state of reality should be x and it is currently x minus 10 and so start adding yeah, and, like, but in this so, case, I think yeah. I'm for it. Like, I think they have enough um, say in the industry. It's like, yeah, totally. This, this yeah, just yeah, means yeah. in yeah. like the. And I heard someone else say this too. Like, it'll be bumpy. The bumpy uh, ride to the actual switchover. I think people like in your case, people that sort of have to deal with SIM cards will have it a little bit rough. But for the mass, vast majority of us, it'll just be like, oh yeah, fine. Yeah, like, I no, I, 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 I mean, didn't swap I, Sims much anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be like, boy, do you remember when we went from like SCSI cables to USB <laughs> and how much how much of a stress that was? Oh, you don't remember exactly. Like, no one cares. Like, it's just it'll happen. And yeah, I think I think it would actually be, uh, you know, you could they can use their market share to do it. Now the real issue becomes, I think. Now I saw they have some satellite stuff in there. And and I, I was thinking, like, this is a little, you know, they're talking about this over on the Dithering podcast. It is, I mean, it's always difficult to complain about this kind of stuff because it's all about safety and saving lives and stuff. But, like, this did seem to be a huge emphasis on just, like, crash detection and uh, rescuing people. So, which I guess is cool, like, better safe than sorry. But part of that is because they have some satellite thing. And I was thinking, maybe here's the next move. So your next problem in, in international iPhone ownership is data roaming charges. And just like, you know, you can, you have to spend a lot of time to figure out the optimal setup. And if you're, if you're lucky enough to like have a U.S. mailing address and be able to be in the U.S. when you activate it, you can get Google Fi as long as whatever. It's very complicated, right? But maybe Apple will be like, well, also when you're traveling internationally, you can just use our satellite to get to the internet until your, your cell phone providers catch up. Right. And it's just it just seems like I don't really think there's a reason to pay for international data roaming. Like, you know, in 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 that I can get it really cheap with Google Fi. It's included in a lot of T Mobile stuff. And so it's kind of like, what's going on here? Yeah. And so that's maybe just they more can legacy. force that issue. It's really the businesses are like it's not technology limited. It's it's like the uh the floppy disk of the, yeah. the cell phone industry. Well, I will say, I you know, I do think the whole event, to your point, it's like all of those features, crash detection, uh, satellite, um, and, you know, basically they had the whole Apple Watch Ultra for if, if you're kind of like an uh, extreme athlete. It's like, they, I mean, they are all great features and they are like, you know, it's it's nice they exist, but it did, like when you're watching it, it just felt like a lot of like uh, mortality in your face. You know what I mean? It just was, it was just like, yeah, like, well, like I would, I'm glad I, I have that, but I, it's like, I don't know, just be like the car dealer talking about the seatbelts the entire time you're at the dealership. Yeah. You're like, like, I no no, like, I'm really glad there's seatbelts here. I think it's really important, but I just like, I don't, I don't really want to think about it that much. Like, like I, 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 I it, it seems, it seems like a lot of it, including the watch thing was built for that use case of the guy who got stuck in some rocks and had to cut his hand off. Ugh, like it's, yeah. it's sort of like, it's sort of like, well, if he had this, everything would be cool, which, which is awesome. But it's it's a uh, it's it seems like a a, a weird diversion there. However, I'll leave you on this one. We can get out of here. Make, on this one. I I yeah. did think the the best deal. I think the two of the best deals. I think in Apple going are one. I think the the lowest, the cheapest iPad is a great deal. I think that's a great computing device for people that aren't into computers, whether they be children or just people that don't need stuff. Because you can get one of those for I think three hundred, right? And that's a pretty good. That's a lot of uh, computing power for three hundred dollars. And I think. The new Apple Watch SE 2, which I know is a mouthful. I think that's a pretty good deal. I think that was like $249. And you basically get most of the functionality in the newest watch, the Series 8 that they announced. And I, I feel like that is just a great device. I think I, I really like my Apple Watch for obviously just tracking fitness. And like I use it kind of as an easy way to authenticate into the computers and stuff like that. So it's sort of like a simple thing to do. But I also think, as I mentioned on the show before, I think it's a great uh, device for like kind of the tween crowd, right? Like, 
you know, kind of give them a little bit of responsibility with um, not quite a mobile phone, but something that can like, you know, they can call you, they can message you, they can kind of do some stuff. Um, and for $250, you know, it's a reasonable amount of money to get in on versus like, you know, the thousand dollar iPhone. So well, I, you, I put know, those on my uh, best buy for Apple. You, if you, you, I, you know, we can close it out, but I want to, you're making me think maybe all this like uh, life and death stuff is actually good. Cause like, I feel like if I could get my kids to reliably wear a watch that would let me locate them all the time. And if they needed something, they could like call me. And then also it would give me like, uh, you know, that acknowledgement that they had, I had delivered and they had read text messages I had sent them. Then I, I think I'm all in. I'm like, yep, let's do that. I, I love this stuff. Yeah, and of course no, I got that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to get old one day and I'm going to fall and not be able to get up. Then I'll probably still be wearing an Apple watch. So it'll be nice uh, <laughs> to, to have that there. Excellent. Well, uh, you know, speaking of falling and not getting up, if uh, if people want to get up, there's really no transition there, Brandon. Do we have any <laughs> bureaucracy this episode? Well, whatever we should do is uh, get up and send me an email to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com, and I will be, uh, include your postal address, of course, send me your postal address, and I will send you a sticker anywhere in the world. And you can join John in Knoxville, Young in Austin, and Matt in Silver Spring. Matt, uh, Coach, a little trivia for you. Where what state is Silver Spring in? Colorado? No, it's in Maryland. That's up up where I used to live. So, oh. uh, I mean, I, I, I thought you know, all these years working together, I thought maybe you knew that. So, all of them uh, sent me an email, and I sent them all stickers. So, one, it was great to hear from them. And again, if you would like a sticker, just email me stickers at software defined talk, and I'll send you one. Also, Matt Ray, he's on uh, the injured reserve this week. He has laryngitis. Uh, I hope he's recovering well, so he cannot make it. I did want to say that Patrick tweeted about uh, BirdNet, which he mentioned last week. And his uh, Patrick says his five-year-old son really likes the pictures of the birds that they've, I guess, discovered. So uh, if Patrick had sent this email using a trackball, which maybe he'll tell us if he had, I would say that would be the most Matt Ray uh, uh, <laughs> feedback of all time. So I don't know. If Patrick is using a trackball and installed BirdNet, Matt Ray has found his tribe. But uh, it sounds like that was a pretty big hit, the bird net. And, of course, last week, if you listened all the way to the end, you heard one Matt Ray bird impression and three bird sounds. So oh, very if good. you missed out on that, just go all the way to the end. Uh, there should be a chapter bookmark in there, and you can listen to all the birds that Matt found near his house. Now, do you think, do you think we could get uh, Matt to put a trackball out by where the birds are and set up a camera to take a picture of a bird? <laughs> roosting on a trackball. I think that would be, I mean, well, I think, I, I think he probably has it. You know, if he has a trackball hooked up to a raspberry Pi, we'll get him to uh, send a picture of it. Cause so. I, I think that might be his family crest with, with uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we could propose that for him. Okay. Bird, oh, bird awry on spherical pointer device, I think is the heraldic term for that. Oh man. Oh my God. <laughs> well, they're, they're speaking of being uh, awry on a spherical device, a uh, spherical device known as this world. There's several conferences coming up. There's DevOps Talk Sydney, and I believe Matt Ray is going to be there uh, September 6th to 7th. So if you hop into a time machine, you can go back in time and uh, check that out. Hopefully there'll be a recording of it because today is September 8th as we record this. Now, also in October, I think Matt will be at the Sydney Cloud FinOps meetup October 13th. If you want to find the link to that, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 376. And you can also find a link to other conferences like KubeCon North America, which is in Detroit, October 24th to 28th. And then, of course, Spring One Platform, December 6th to 8th. It's going to be um, in San Francisco at the Moscone. Now, you grew up in New England, uh, Brandon. So you, you're sort of familiar with the way Italian is pronounced. Now, I think Moscone is Italian, right? Is it Moscone or Moscone? If that was Italian, how, how, how would you say I that? believe, I've heard many people say it. I've heard, I believe it's Moscone is what it okay. is. But I, my natural pronunciation, which is almost always wrong, is to say Moscone. But I think that is a Americanized, Americanized and English. You know, that's, that is, so I think it's Moscone. But I, okay. you know. Happy to be, many people can correct me on that. Could be wrong. Yeah. Well, why don't you come to Spring One Platform December 6th and 8th at Moscone and or Moscone West uh, in San Francisco. And if you want to register for it, I think we're going to uh, 
publish the full agenda and catalog in the next few weeks. But anyways, if you go to springoneplatform.io, you can use the code COTE200. That's COTE200 to get $200 off. 200 American dollars, which uh, are doing pretty good nowadays compared to other currencies. So you might want to put that in a bank and uh, use it to buy tacos or something. (laughs) (laughs) Also, there's still a call for papers open for that conference, I think. It's just going to be uh, in Texas, probably Round Rock or something, January 16th and 19th. But for all that, just go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 376, and you can check those things out. Now, with that, Brandon, what do you have to recommend this week? All right, well, to continue on, on our theme of bags, I think I'm, I'm going to recommend two. So one, um, I don't know if I recommend this before, so apologies, this is a repeat. But I know we've talked a lot about duffel bags and uh, for different reasons you need them to travel. Maybe you're moving abroad. Maybe your, your kid is going to camp. Maybe you're just packing because you're, you're moving for whatever reasons. But I want to recommend the, uh, I think it's called the Frankta Ikea duffel bag, which is this giant blue rectangle bag that costs $4.99. But there's kind of a cult following to it. It's uh, amazingly durable for what it is. It even has like the handles can even become like a little backpack. So if you're traveling and you need a bunch of bags that are relatively uh, well-made for what they are and are incredibly easy to pack, and then more importantly, very easy to stack like in a car or uh, really anyway, I would highly recommend uh, the Frankie. So again, you don't have to buy the $200 blue was a black hole. You can just get this four ninety one nine one, and it's sold at uh, I- Ikea. And like I said, if you search online, you'll find a bunch of people. And then I think as I mentioned uh, at some point, uh, I think that I don't know if I mentioned and I think I mentioned it in uh, one of our little ad breaks, but I also recommend the LL Bean Stowaway Pack. So uh, if you are going away, you need just a day pack, something to throw in your suitcase so you can uh, comfortably carry around all the things that you need in an amusement park when you're touring Paris, uh, when you're just doing whatever you want. Check out the LL Bean Stowaway Pack. I like that one, too. I don't think I've ever seen this Fracta storage bag. That is amazing. Like I it's think- fantastic. It'd be I know like it's kind of hard to see it or you can't touch it obviously online, but it's surprisingly I, I think, well made. Now I don't want to commit to this, but just for my own like I, I I feel like I could start a spreadsheet. It couldn't be a spreadsheet because I'm gonna want to have pictures. It might have to be like a, a web log or something, or maybe a Twitter account. And you know, because of my airline status, I can always check a bag. Right. And so I feel like maybe I should get some of these and start doing some kind of consumer report style testing. Like I'm going to I'm going to load it up maximum weight of various things and see if it survives the trip. Well, I, I do. I, I thought of you when I was thinking about this bag is that I know when you come to the United States, as you've recounted, you always have a shopping list. I think this uh, is uh, you can buy. Obviously, if you're in Austin, Ikea is right up the road. In fact, I've got some extras. I'll just give you one. Good you could uh, um, basically take one of these, and this is sort of like your, you know, your shopping list bag. Like you got to bring back the peanut butter, you know, uh, the yeah. the the weird stuff from Bucky's, a cowboy hat, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever, all the stuff the family needs. It's like I think this is the perfect bag because it's, you know, you don't, you don't. To your point, like on the way over, you don't need it. You just grab it right at the end. You stuff it full of this stuff. You check the bag. It's in Amsterdam, and you're back, and the family's happy. It's almost like a gift bag, if you will all of them because because i feel like i mean it looks like it's pretty durable i like you know these this this material uh like you you we've all experienced the worn out whatever those bags are they're they're very durable things but so if you're concerned about it breaking it's five dollars you could buy two of them and you pack one of them and then you put that one zipper down into another one and you zip it up and that's probably going to be super secure right you've got two bag layers with the zippers on opposite ends and like, that's probably, and I mean, if you really wanted to go crazy, you could like kind of duct tape, put a couple strands of duct tape on it and then you're set. Like, All of these that. things work, but I'm, I mean, you know what? I've used this bag a couple of times. Like it's surprise just as it is. It, you, I would be comfortable. All right. You know, All right. I, I even know the flight, you know, on the Amsterdam flight direct, right? I think it'll be fine. Just from the Austin. Well, may, maybe back, I, sh- I think you'd be when, ready when, to go. I think when I have good trips, I can just, I'll just test this out and do some road testing of it. I'll oh, I love put, it. Like. I'll put like some bags of flour in there or something like that and just see what happens. (laughs) Doesn't work for barbells, kids. (laughs) Well, well, speaking of stuff that you bring back from the States, maybe this is available uh, here, but I want to recommend the Cavender's all-purpose Greek seasoning. Now, 
I was in I was in H E B uh the last couple of weeks, you know, looking around for stuff. And uh, I, I came across this, and I remember my mother always had this. Well, always had this stuff. Maybe there was one point, and I just remember that one week. But uh, we always had this stuff in our house, and it was really delicious. And I, of course, as I do in the states, I got my not in the states as when I'm in Texas, I got like a big plump, good looking avocado. For can you guess how much this big avocado cost me, Brandon? Mm, I don't know, two dollars sixty eight cents. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was oh! You bought it. Special. Oh, that's right. You bought it in. Yeah. Please continue. Yes, you told yeah, me. Yeah. I, I've, I've, uh-huh. I, now I never got around to eating it, which is my shame. <laughs> but I was like, I got to have some salt or something to put on it. And and I saw the Cavender's all-purpose Greek seasoning, and I and uh, I bought that. And I didn't actually use it till tonight. And uh, it's delicious. I don't. I mean, I do know what's in it. But the secret to the Cavender's all-purpose Greek seasoning, uh, if you read the ingredients, you got salt black pepper, cornstarch, you know, to, to keep it from caking, garlic, and then here it comes, monosodium glutamate. Done. Oh, okay. I right. think anything with MSG in it is going to be delicious, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about it. Like, it can't but be bad. What I, I, I want to close out, I haven't tried it with this, but the next time uh, you, dear listeners, make popcorn, get some MSG, put it on it, done. That's, uh, and I bet this stuff will be really good too, but, uh, you know, it's very cheap. And, and I'll put a link to it. In the, uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but there's a great history of why this originates from Arkansas instead of Greece uh, that, that you can read. <laughs> and with that, when you are, uh, you know, uh, if, if, you, if you're waiting for your, your popcorn to pop, whether you're cooking it artisanally on a, uh, on a skillet or more efficiently in a microwave so you can put some MSG or some Cavender's all-purpose Greek seasoning on it, what you can do is you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 376 and you can find the show notes all sorts of things we didn't talk about you can dive into the details you can figure out how you would categorize all these SaaS companies to derive some sort of uh, handy rule of thumb and uh, you can join our slack channel all sorts of discussions there all sorts of exciting things if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash or no slash uh, you'll find it all there bye bye well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you to be my my expat comment of the day. I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but uh, you know there are so many, as as we Americans would say, purses or man purses around here, that I am kind of, I kind of don't even notice it anymore. Like it is insanely pervasive that like um, men or or whatever wander around with like basically like a little a little fancy uh, purse. And it, it looks really nice. Like it's, uh, it seems to be working out well for them.